my previous company when the lockdown started happening and the layoffs there i remember the coffee vending machine was closed off uh, the free <laughs> coffees were closed you had to pay for the coffee from the vending machine installed in your office cafeteria and not even not even the milk and the coffee <laughs> you had to pay to yes. so you were paying your company for coffee Ben Horowitz has written about wartime and peacetime leaders. I'm going to briefly extract from his essay written in 2011. A peacetime CEO aims to expand the market. A wartime CEO aims to win the market. A peacetime CEO does not raise her voice. A wartime CEO rarely speaks in normal tone. Peacetime CEO builds scalable high volume recruiting machines. A wartime CEO does that but also builds HR organizations that can execute layoffs. In wartime Horowitz says a company is fending off an existential threat. A company is fighting for survival if it is in wartime. This is Cost to Company the Ken's weekly podcast about work and workplaces. I'm your host Sneha Vakharia and this week we are going to talk about not war and peacetime leaders but war itself we'll be taking you inside businesses at war like so many businesses around us are through the voices of those fighting in the trenches we'll hear how the same war the war against inflation a funding winter and shrinking markets is being fought differently in different businesses we'll see how war sharpens and sometimes disfigures a business We'll see what is martyred and what is protected. This is the story of what wartime means in business and whether your business is at war or not. First you're going to hear from two people Sneha and Kunal. Sneha works in a mid-sized tech company that's been around for 20 years and that has major banks as its clients. What moment in your new job did things around you start to change? Like at was there a point where you were like where you know was there a moment either in the external economy or in you know community internal communication or did something happen in the organization where you were like okay the mood is changing like was there a point see it is see these things are very subtle uh, you know it is right there in front of you but either you overlook them or do not trust your own instinct that this is there you know it is happening there are grape vines there are stretch meetings in the cabins then you know people are canceling their business trips and then out of the blue there is a farewell happening and there is no notice period being served and uh, you know uh, but when it happens to your near like you know more than a colleague friend uh you know you realize that okay fine this is happening and then you see lot many new phases at the fresher level at the entry level where so then you start putting two and two together 
Now you'll hear from Kunal, who till last month worked in a five-year-old tech startup that counts Tiger and Sequoia as its investors. When he joined, it wasn't yet a unicorn, but it was headed there. So you see that, uh, I mean, people at the top leaving, right? Like that's the first sign. That's the first sign? CXOs? That's, yeah. Founders. So Was it CXOs no, or not, founders? It wasn't founders. It was CXOs. You see that there are some top-level execs. To an extent that almost 30% of the top level is gone in in like two, three months. That's like the next sign. And then you see that macroeconomic conditions go like they go in the downturn and you're seeing that your other teammates are also getting impacted, all of those things. So first you saw CXO's exit. Yeah. Uh, and did any did did internally what was happening in the gray point? Did people have questions? Like wh- a lot of questions. Tell what happened. Like what was the first? So, <laughs> I mean, this this is very interesting, right? So, tell. <laughs> uh, I can I can tell you like uh, the the broader areas on what were the reasons why they left or what was being speculated on why they were leaving, mm-hmm. right? Uh, lack of growth in their personal division. Sure, that was number one. Second, uh, they were not happy with the arrangement of their division's funding, which was like an ongoing clash between founders and the head of that particular department. That was number two. On the product tech side, there was like an ongoing tussle. Do we need to improve the product or is it at a level where we can leave it as is and just work on the maintenance? So you can see that the person who is having the product will not be happy. So suddenly you moved into like maintenance mode. Yeah. CXOs are leaving. Sudden yeah. in- increase in gossip in the grapevine. Ki oh, ki- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if you, had was... to, if you had to put a multiplier number, how many times did it go up? Maybe five to six X. Wow. <laughs> Just in terms of, and there is a, there is a calculation behind this number. If you were spending, Please. if you were spending half an hour before all of these things in terms of gossiping and the remaining time of your day in terms of working or just chit chatting around with other people that suddenly went to two and a half, three hours a day. And then the thing is, uh, because you are kind of moving towards less growth, more maintenance, you actually also have time to do these gossips, right? So it's, it was like, and it wasn't just uh, like a personal thing. I could see that it increased at a company level. It wasn't just uh, one person, one team, or uh, one department where this activity increased. It was throughout the organization. And like a lot of gossip happens in the absence of official communication, in the absence of leadership, yeah. you know, being clear about where it stands and what it, what is going yeah. on actually. So what what was communication at that point? So uh, it differed. It differed on uh, two, three occasions. So with with like the major shutdown of international business, there was no official communication. So everything was actually left to... Uh, ah, like yeah it, it was more like trickling down of knowledge from one person in that team to others and then reaching everybody else's ears but there was no official communication in other cases there and were news is hard to give it's it's hard to give details were shared were shared only within departments there was no direct communication to the entire organization but word trickled outward that's that's like a big sign. But see, uh, with startups and uh, 
now with this experience as well questions around uh, how will we grow all of those things they are very common right but there is generally an atmosphere or an environment where it's like okay we have a good plan for a year maybe after that we need to worry a little the culture changed to we have a good plan for maybe a month we don't know what's happening after that so that transition was pretty big and it happened uh, very quickly like in a month or two yeah uh, so the number of activities and stuff goes down of course in terms of the team bonding measures team building measures or the managers it was harder and harder to get approvals to take clients out for drinks but besides that which is what is more important i think i've seen that you know the the management actually also truncate their interest in the team thing you know the kras the okrs the uh, you know they are like okay if it's done it's done i'm not even deep diving into it and it is a blanket approach for all you know irrespective of your performance it's a blanket approach 10% hike kar do 5% hike kar do types you know they they would not get into the nitty gritties would not spend much of their effort or time indifference apathy to some departments and then layoffs people who are the first ones to go off and any which way the support function takes the biggest hit not the sales team not the sales team see the support function which 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 just helps in bringing the revenue they do they are not the direct drivers of the revenue unlike sales team you know so the best man uh, hypothesis definitely works for the sales team or in fact even for the product team you know but but not so much for a support team like an admin or you know a communications team or even for hr you know talent acquisition team and stuff like that and people at different levels are laid off differently but always with discretion do you have do you have any insight into you know when these people are asked to leave um any insight into what argument is told to them what reasons are given uh what justification is given oh what is the story what is the narrative i don't think so your career is stable here there can be n number of reasons and the five exits that has happened in front of me uh you know i i can give you the reasons uh, uh, uh you know the career i don't think so you have a well charted out career path here so it is better you put down your paper now uh, and start looking for alternative we do not have enough of workload for you as of now so start looking for alternative uh, we will give you two months notice period and till that time you can just uh, stay on our roles uh, we will not be giving you salary but you will be reflected in our roles and uh, you'll have to submit your assets immediately with immediate effect everything is under the carpet everything is so subtle you really need to be if you are an intern or a fresher in a company you would not realize this not bad and were there any layoffs uh there weren't directly like you actually can't call them layoffs because they were not let go because of uh, reduced positions reduced workloads still some people were let go in that time it wasn't related. a big number yeah more performance related more company fit related uh, but it wasn't like the entire team has been made redundant now so the entire team gets to go 
it wasn't like if that. you can give an andaz of you know what percentage people were suddenly let go of for performance because an academy mm-hmm. also did one layoffs and they co- said this is strictly performance related you know okay so how uh, do we know like which is what it wasn't very high actually uh, let me think in the entire department maybe like 7 7% 78% but it wasn't at one go i think it happened over 4 months other sources tell me to take this number with a pinch of salt see pip has been i think the whole idea of pip is to be used as a safety valve as a weapon you know when you are in the process of laying off that is the whole that is how the pip came into being i think that's the brain child of <laughs> you know if you want to let go of the person but you want to really have a substantial uh, you know footing and uh, so i think that is how the pip came into being because really in my 12 years of experience i have never ever seen a logical pip you know trust me there have been people who have been given pip and uh, you know and just a quarter before they have been awarded with you know excellence in function and stuff they have been awarded and a quarter after that they are being given pip what is the logic behind it they have been promoted they have given salary hikes and then 3 months down the line and 6 months down the line they are they are being given pip it's obviously works to a business's advantage that no one likes to talk about being on a pip but um so when you hear in the news you know like an academy has uh, you know uh, let go of x number of people because of performance related issues do you buy it nobody buys it out of the blue you have so many underperformers that never came to notice you know 3 months before or 4 months before out of the blue these many people turn out to be underperformers there can be one or two or three or four hello who who buys that logic nobody the pip is performance improvement plan a mechanism to separate the weak performers and improve their performance sneha says it is being weaponized to cover up layoffs whether or not that is the case it isn't leaving the troops very motivated Okay so now you are obviously not the only smart person in your business you have colleagues who have who are also seeing what you are seeing who are also understanding what you are understanding what is happening around you on the floor are people getting demotivated are they actually being motivated to work harder you know what happens when there's no communication but all these weird things oh, are there have been now? so many stories and many stories that i've been like you know got my brand into is like quite ोड is complete disinterest and i'm still like you know just doing the basic checklists and the new term you know that is quite quitting there's are there are other breed also who have been you know i'm not sure about moonlighting because see moonlighting is very very i'm not sure how ethical or fair or you know there are so many takes on that 
माहौल ये था कि इफ यू आर सो इन अ फ्रैंक कॉन्वर्सेशन राइट पीपल यूज टू कम अप टू द टीम लीडर्स एंड सीनियर लीडरशिप टू चेक इफ वी शुड स्टार्ट लुकिंग आउट राइट सो दैट दैट कॉन्वर्सेशन स्टार्टेड हैपनिंग वेरी फ्रीक्वेंटली एंड इन ऑल ऑनेस्टी एंड वट वुड वट वुड मोस्ट लीडर्स से नो नो एवरीथिंग इज फाइन लाइक वट वुड नो 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 दैट्स नॉट नो सो depending on what your status as a leader was whether you were looking out yourself or not hmm. uh you will reply to that answer people and at what point did people start leaving because they realized you know that maybe our future is not growing as rapidly here um october onwards uh i know that movement started happening uh but it wasn't so october november people were leaving because they were still getting better opportunities outside it was not that bad as it is like as it has been since january this year i would say so they were getting more options december onwards two two things started happening in parliament more people wanted to leave but even few people were getting more options outside so they were kind of stuck so that that thing also happened. and what is it like now i mean if you can imagine i mean you probably still have colleagues there like yeah. who it's like they're there because there are no options as such again two two classes of people some are there because they kind of have that certainty that uh, nothing will happen to us nothing will happen to the company we can survive this the others who have the other sentiment that we don't know what's going to happen in the future we don't know how our next two years will look like in terms of progression in terms of pay changes and everything they are looking out but they are now a little stuck so what has happened is uh, in both the cases the movement has stopped <laughs> some people don't want to leave some people are so not able to leave so now it's plateaued so now everyone's kind of just there it's just there yeah it's like uh, some people are there and they are a little frustrated some people are there and they're like okay this is this is probably good for me being stuck with no moves is also war time next we have sunil c ceo of teamlist digital a b2b that helps businesses across industries and functions hire we have seen the last 2 to 3 years they have been on a hiring frenzy you know paying uh, uh, good salaries and hiring people in uh, huge numbers and suddenly we started seeing uh, there is a slowdown and uh, we could see the results of large it companies where they started indicating that you know the, the uh, volumes of the deals are coming down and there is a, uh, a noted recession in the western markets you know and now we are in a situation where we could see that you know no decisions are happening the uh, the hirings have almost stopped and then we also started noticing that you know everybody started conserving cost and the uh, first uh, hit comes to the wage bills so the wage bills have all uh, bulged so they have to cut down the wage bill which effectively means that the layoffs have started so these are early indications and the business numbers are not moving up so i would say these were uh, good enough indications that you know it's what time at team lease part of sunil's work is to map hiring across industries he says it is now wartime across businesses across industries this is his wartime playbook so first and foremost uh, we should uh, we should be uh, always uh, looking at the market market is the boss you know i am not the boss and nobody is but market is the boss factors what 
I normally follow is that you know keep the team abreast of what's happening in the market. Otherwise, leaders are looked at as villains, you know, because uh, they don't understand the larger organization doesn't understand why is the uh, you know business leader or a CEO suddenly uh, making these decisions. First, drive home the point that things ahead are going to look uncomfortable. Drive it home regularly and consistently. You're not the boss; the market is the boss. it's a it's a difficult choice you know uh, when you have to do cost cutting you need to first look at uh, which are the uh, investments you have made uh, with an anticipation of some business you know where there are no real revenues yes you can't burn the cash you will have to uh, quickly take a decision the, uh, the immediate step is to see if you can realign those teams for uh, towards a business which requires some talent immediately Uh, if you don't have that opportunity then you will have to uh, make the hard decision of parting ways with them that's a that's a first step second is that uh, in a good market we uh, spend lot of money on lot of areas like travel marketing events we do uh, you know uh, fun activities we uh, we do employee engagement activities and then we also uh, try to uh, buy latest uh, uh, software and latest uh, equipments to uh, ensure that uh, employees are happy we also spend lot on infrastructure so we uh, try to uh, make a list of all those uh, spends which can be put down for the time being or can be delayed while we run the uh, business without those sunil's first move is to see who can be absorbed back into the business and who needs to be let go off step 2 is cutting all discretionary spends uh, the rational is explained because uh, quite often uh, it can have a cascading effect a business which is doing well or a business leader who is uh, performing well and who doesn't uh, have an impact of this market condition also starts looking out when they see that some of their colleagues have been asked to go so uh, we always keep this uh, very open discussion and talk to all of them and we don't take long time to communicate to the entire organizations that uh, the rationale behind the decision and why we have to make this tough decision and we ensure that the uh, person who is moving out goes with full respect you don't want to lose the employees you need the employees keeping the war alive which is why sunil finds clearly communicating which teams he is going to cut more useful than not next we have sairi chahal ceo of sheroes a mission driven platform of digital tools for women i describe sairi as a rebel war leader but i'll let you see for yourself she's also a war veteran so let's first hear all the time she's had to go to war as a founder okay and so now if we talk strictly about acute war yeah. acute survival yeah yeah what events have triggered acute war what are the types of events that have triggered i think macro have done this a lot like covid was classic like covid killed us like instantaneous right like almost because uh, whatever little sort of uh opportunity to survive you have you know it got taken away by you know the the opportunity to fight got reduced you know so covid was that i think demonetization was that just from a from like the you know the network effect of it uh because it just sort of like 
drove a lot of people into crazy uh, zones. Mm. Like the China investment ban, you know. So anyway, so I think that shut down like a lot of opportunities right away. When COVID broke, every employee of Shiro's went on a pay parity scheme of 25,000 rupees a month. For a handful of months in 2020, her entire team was earning 25,000 rupees each. So actually, the war playbook is very simple. Food for survival, right? You just need to survive out of this. So the only thing you care for is coming out of it alive. And I think this has happened many times, you know, like... like a lot of people have read and said company shutdown is inevitable you guys are going to die and and we're like not yet <laughs> so because i think we've learned how to survive on very little food and very little of anything without a lot of external dependencies so i think it's a little bit of go back into your bunker do what you do best and uh, you know like don't make noise so that's part of the playbook i think second is just rally your troops like you really have to tell people very very clear what can they expect and mostly like if if the problem statement is 8 points on a on a 10 scale then you actually tell them 9 or 10 or not 8 because you want to like over index and not under index you know so managing that communication and expectation especially of the team members and then of course other stakeholders um i must say we've done a good job with the team not so much for the investors i think because the investor group is a very diverse group and different people have different reactions some people literally fly off the handle some people go into some other mode so over a period of time i've learned that you know anyway no there's no investor whose life is dependent on us i mean if we do well it'll be nice for them but you know their downside is sort of really limited but for the employees the downside is very much right like look the truth is uh, there are people whose home emis and your their kids education tied to your company you know and i think that's worth fighting for and yeah so that's what we say right just survive and get out of it and then I'm going to cry. Like you've said something so profound. Like, and this is not how a podcast is supposed to go, and definitely not journalistic. But you know, just the fact that an investor life is not going to change, but an employee life is. It's such a, it's a such a powerful. Because ev- every other person in Bangalore is is doing what the investor asks, I know, regardless of I what know. it does to the world around them. Yeah, yeah. So part of the playbook is to not go asking for opinions. okay like explain that like if you bloat right like the reason everybody's firing left right and center is because they overhired all of us overhired because investor said so and i also made the same mistake at some point in my life where growth meant hiring people like board meetings would be like so how many people are we and it's a nice i think it it suits a little industry go to say oh my company has 200 people so you know i don't know where they go and report it but what they do with that you know like if you need two people to do the job don't hire three don't hire four you know and uh, and more than that i think just if you've seen too many wars you learn to be respectful of resources and and that's probably the reason why 
you can manage to be unpopular with the investor world you know so i think uh, it is it's staying clean look the truth is if if the investor community didn't exist you would still build companies you would still have employees it's nice we have them and it's nice we have capital but capital is not the only reason things get built Sairi tends to care much less about her investors in wartime. Here, what her acute cash conservation for survival looked like. Even here, there are surprises. We did actually. We all went on pay parity of twenty five thousand rupees each, <laughs> and for six months we were on twenty five k because we were like, dude, that's all we can afford to pay you right now, and we'll talk or we'll figure out something. We of course paid everyone back, you know, within the same year, but. it happened right i think for the whole covid year i didn't take home a penny i literally had to like you know for my age figure out like my home loan how will it get paid so anyway we did those things and more than cash i think it's also mind space so like we said even work wise right we took we actually said like you literally have to live right like don't worry if you're not working hard if you're not working 8 hours if you're like just ask for help and of course the other thing shiro's did for the community we ran the delhi government helpline okay and we had 3000 women from the shiro's community volunteering in spite of everything that was happening in their lives and so i guess it was acute war mode we not only conserved resources but we also conserved like health as a resource right it was the most precious resource at that time and under threat mental health as a resource we how did you do that can you explain so look shiro's has always we've we've run a counseling helpline now for 10 years and we we knew that our helpline can't help our employees just conflict but so we got external counselors and therapists and like all sorts of mental health resources um so at this time i'm just you know your everyone's salary is going as flatline at 25 but you're actually investing more in mental health yes we did sairi says she did lose some colleagues who found better jobs during those months of 25000 rupees each but the pay cuts also brought a solidarity to the team an acute sense that we are all in this together nobody was being singled out and asked to leave She says it brought the team together culturally and that's how they were able to rally through those months. I asked Sunil what he thinks of pay cuts at wartime. And if I can ask one last question, if you had to, you know, evaluate pay cuts versus layoffs. How would how do you think about that at all? It's a tough decision uh because uh sometimes we have, we retort to pay cuts like in the uh, in the situation when their uh, health crisis like the covid situation lot of organizations went for uh, pay cut because we know that uh, there are no there are not going to be enough opportunities outside uh, and it's better to sustain the business through some wage bill reduction but in a market like this we know that it's not going to be a we don't we can't evaluate how long it is going to uh, be a recessionary period so uh, it is better to uh, lay off than uh, do a wage cut in this market because if you're doing wage cut how long are you going to cut your wage and stay in the same organization at a, a reduced compensation it's better to uh, lay off and allow that person to uh, look for an opportunity in another organization while Uh, retaining the rest of the organization at the uh, right compensation at which they are hired 
in so many ways many in this war time are paying for the mistakes of some in peace time look in the venture business there is a hashtag every quarter okay sometimes the hashtag will say growth 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 at all cost <laughs> okay at that point performance doesn't matter because then you are saying so many people tilling away and doing this right so there is like this growth is the you know quarterly mantra yeah and then like oh no no profitability now okay the next quarter and this is look i think what we've done is it both sides of the playbook right we've normalized it we've normalized 3x salaries and we've normalized firing so so basically we've become like very short term about you know like like i almost to be honest i sometimes feel like an idiot talking about employees who've been long or fighting for them at least on three occasions i've been asked to shut down my company and fire the team and we can recap it or we'll figure out like a financial solution or whatever and i was like i'm not going to fire all these people they've given this company everything they have so i it's the truth is these are packages now they come together explain i didn't like i can't take the fanciness of this peace time wedding and the poverty of our time right like they go together I asked Sari why so many businesses like Kunal's like Sneha's are executing layoffs in this covert cloak and dagger manner because also no one wants to be associated with a bad PR of layoffs yeah so everyone is understating the numbers or just not saying calling them layoffs at all which is you know why this performance is yeah. it it in slightly dodgy territory yeah and so what do you think of this of just not communicating to people that things are not fine like it comes with the playbook of like euphoria is big euphoria but like everything else is like it's not good for pr right or it's not good for i mean look i really think fundraisers should be celebrated but that's the only thing we talk about startups anymore we don't talk about products we don't talk about cultures sops the strength of the organization we don't talk about you know the in, inner working of cash flows or finances we 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 have no sort of at least i haven't read even if they are matlab these are very very curated conversations you know where they, these have become intellectual things and so the only thing we tom tom about is company valuations company funding company valuations i have i mean i used to be a journalist once uh my husband's one and uh i have friends who are journalists and the only time they want to talk to you is if you have if you have a fundraising announcement or a valuation announcement and believe me you we have so many innovations we could talk about but they, it it's stayed boring so jo dikha hai to fir matlab it's a direct stack right i mean look in good times everybody is also virtuously feeding each other you know so it's not like we can say that these founders are bad they're doing this but everyone benefited from it media benefited from it properties came around matlab and then of course you know uh, you know we see the valuation was the story valuation was the story and hiring was the story and like oh look i mean all the fanciness was the story right so Money Control has reported almost 6000 layoffs in startups in the first four months of this year. 
and perhaps the least surprising thing about this war time is that growth at all costs growth at the neglect of profits and a hard abrupt pivot to profit is what has brought us here we see that startup founders and vcs and medias have learned the vocabulary of funding and valuations but not of community and culture and so they aren't being able to talk about layoffs in an honest open way this war is also reminding us that businesses are not machines they are ecosystems and communities that our jobs are big parts of our identities and the people we work with are the ones who check in on us when we're sick and go drinking with us when life gets rough and those ties and communities deserve so much more care and deliberation and if sairi a founder and an investor is to be believed wartime affects the lives of investors only so much but the lives of employees so much more this episode of cost to company was written hosted and produced by sneha vakharia with audio engineering by rajiv cn i'm shrivar and i'll be back next week with another episode on the indian workplace only on cost to company stay tuned <laughs>